Jolon. Yes, Claire. Sometimes I think that you've just got to go for it in life, haven't you? You've just got to go all in. What do you reckon? Well, it depends what you mean, but yes. What are you talking about? Hockey, of course. What are you thinking? (laughs) I have absolutely no idea. (laughs) As an opening to a podcast, I mean, I'm hoping I'm on the right podcast here. I don't know. You do so many that I'm not sure. I'm thinking if I dialed into the right one. (laughs) Well, the thing is, I switched sides this week. I'll tell you more a little bit later. But we are feeling a different type of heat if you're watching NHL this week. I am loving the playoff hockey feel already. Yeah, it's getting close. Only a month to go until the Stanley Cup playoffs start. And as Nick Kiprio says on Sportsnet, the real season starts. And uh, teams are getting closer to clinching those playoff spots. Plot spoiler, there is already one team in the NHL that has clinched a playoff spot already with a month to go. No prizes at all for guessing that it's Tampa Bay. They have already clinched a playoff spot. Now, we're recording this before Tampa play the Leafs tonight in a huge matchup, which is going to, I'm sure, send Leaf fans into a spin and not concern Tampa Bay fans, whatever happens. But anyway, that will all happen tonight. So by the time you've heard this, I'll either be crying or very happy. But we are going to be focusing on some of the other teams in the NHL, because quite frankly, the playoff race in the Atlantic is dull as anything. So we've been having a look at some of the other more interesting races to the playoffs. Welcome to NHL fans from afar. Let's get cracking. Was that a, was that a, um, a, well, that was an intro Tuesday pun. Was it cracking? Intro Tuesday. (laughs) Intro Tuesday. You can't put that in. Don't even, don't edit that out. That is so poor it can't go in. Uh, Intro Tuesday. I like that. Jolan, I'd like to set you a challenge. Go on then. I am going to put on my phone a timer. Yeah. Okay, for 20 minutes. And for the next 20 minutes, you are not allowed to talk about the Leafs. Okay. Okay, here we go. Right, start. It started 1958, 1957. The only... This could be quite hard for you, I think. Yeah, yeah. You're not going to say anything? I haven't really got much to say, but go on, Karen, I'll try. (laughs) Oh, because I think... You know, without saying the L word, find creative ways around this for the next 20 minutes. Yeah. I think it's fair to say that there is a lot of excitement around the league and it's not happening the place where our heart is. So I, I did something that was pretty crazy and I switched, switched sides just for this week. I switched to be a Columbus Blue Jackets fan for one week. That's very interesting because I think there's quite a lot of fans who have got um, allegiances or newfound allegiances with Columbus. Obviously, teams who have rivalries with them won't. But any kind of neutrals to Columbus will probably be rooting for them just because they provided some fun in the trade deadline and went all in and have precariously, up until the other night, found themselves still outside the playoff spot. So the conversation really, when they made all of those trades, was how many games or how many rounds are they going to get through in the Stanley Cup playoffs? 
And that suddenly turned to, are they even going to make it to the playoffs? However, they have now since got back into the second wildcard spot um, after a 4-1 win over the Pittsburgh Penguins. A huge result for them against a team who are right up there with them as well. Now, you may say, what will all of those trades in the second wildcard spot get you in the playoffs? Well, it'll probably get you a, a round one game against Tampa Bay. So uh, what a lovely prize that is. <laughs> yeah, but you know, the thing that I really enjoyed about watching Columbus, um, and I went to town on this. I mean, I pretended that I was a brand new hockey fan. I went to Elite Prospects. I looked up all the contracts. I looked up all the players' names, their numbers, like their stats. Did you think you were looking at the Ottawa Senators? Did you, uh, did you look and think, hang on a minute, what? Yeah, seen these before. No. I even looked at, like, you know, what their mascot was, what their goal song was. Like, what? Oh, the crazy cannon. Those are the people with the really loud cannon, aren't they? Yes, they are. Uh. Um, there wasn't so many of them earlier at the start of this week. <laughs> and then there were a few more on Saturday. Um, but just, you know, it. it incredible stuff and seeing as we said all the stuff that they've done with the trade deadline i just thought what are these guys about and it didn't start so great the week was a bit you know oh my god maybe this this desperation as some people describe their moves on trade deadline really is it going to pay off for them um and the big matchups as you say between pittsburgh home away two games back to back like next to each other was just so good i mean the game on saturday i finished watching this morning mm. um and it was one of the best hockey games i've watched in a long time the energy of the crowd um you know the home team getting the go-ahead goal within like less than three minutes of the first period the my favorite part and I know this is cruel, but I just can't stand Phil Kessel. He drives me nuts. <laughs> I know that people say he's an iron man. He's done 760 games, you know, never Which missed he has. a game. Yeah, you know, he's, he's a legend and he's so talented in what he can offer a team. It just drives me mad. But when I saw him fall over and then Pam <laughs> Atkinson came, just basically saw the opportunity and sniped. Base, like just the goal was unbelievable the whole place I mean for most of the game there were most of the crowd were just stood on and like stood up they weren't mm. sat down it was energy it was like that playoff feel and like normally I'm doing other things if I'm watching a game and I'm listening to the commentary and then I'll maybe watch the replay if something interesting happens. Maybe that's just the nature of the fan that we, the team that we support lately. Um, but the, I felt like I had to watch the whole thing from start to finish. It was great. Even the in-between period interviews were great. Like they had Cam Atkinson in an, uh, an interview at the very end. And what I really liked about him was the, whoever the on-ice announcer or presenter was, was just doing the interview with him, but Cam spoke to the fans like almost as if he was speaking one-on-one -on -one to you. Mm. You know, thank you for your support. Um, we're doing this for you. We couldn't do this without you. Um, and it, it, it was just a really, really different approach. It didn't feel so corporate as of the teams. It felt like a big family, if that's yeah. the right word, which is very different experience of watching hockey at that level. 
I think you're right. And also, I guess the players probably feel like they know they're all in this year. And they're in a unique position. They've, they've gone all in. They've mortgaged their future. They've got hardly any draft picks in the next few years. And they've kind of assembled this monster squad to try and take down, the well, first the Metropolitan Division and then to go through and have a really good run the Stanley Cup. And to think, really, as a fan of a team like Columbus, you've got to think that you there's no other option than you to just go all in on this year too because you know there's probably a few years of pain after this. But that pain probably disappears or certainly numbs if you got a run to a Stanley Cup final or if you, who knows, you could win the Stanley Cup final. It seems a long shot in the moment. Although, I think it is worth pointing out. I mean, they're 5-5-0 five and five and oh in their last 10. I know they've had a bad run of the previous kind of four games to their the one win against Pittsburgh. But bear in mind, if you bring in that many new players into a team, that is going to shake things up. That is going to mess around with the lines you've got. That is going to mess around with all of the chemistry and all of the things you've been working on all year to bring that many big names into a team. And I just think if you can, if they can get through, maybe this was just a rocky patch where they had to find themselves and had to work out how to play together. I would not be surprised now if Columbus went on an incredible streak now into the playoffs. And I mean, they're level on points as we record this with Montreal at the moment for the second wildcard spot, but they're only two points behind Carolina. They're in the wildcard spot above them. There's yeah. going to be a real. There's there's going to be a huge incentive to avoid Tampa in that first round mm. because I know that teams they always say that they don't think about who they're playing in the playoffs and it doesn't matter. You've got to beat all the best teams to win the Stanley Cup, but mm. you do not want to face Tampa in the first round. The so I is, wouldn't be surprised to see them go on a long run now. I know that they were they weren't winning. But when you actually watch the games, it's different when you watch it because you don't just see the result. You see yeah. what's really happening. Um, yeah. Matt Murray is a phenomenal goalie. And he was amazing in the game that they lost. He was, he was an absolute brick wall. Yeah, It was and incredible. I couldn't believe. I know one was an empty net, but how they managed to get three goals past Matt Murray in that form. I mean, they could have won eight and nine if he hadn't been on top form. Yeah, but the... Uh, but the other day when they lost, um, Matt Murray was incredible in that. And the thing that was really coming out of Columbus in that loss was that they were not capitalizing on any kind of rebound opportunities. And they were just that, you know, they had, I think I, I wrote down here a bit of a, a metaphor of they've got like all the ingredients to make a nice cake. But when it comes to like getting a taste, there's like something missing, but you can't see what it is. And I guess the thing for them was they were not getting those rebound opportunities, the secondary chances and getting the puck in the net. But the other things were incredible. I mean, Foligno did a fight, which was fantastic. Um, I know that he's not necessarily having the best of seasons in terms of points and scoring, um, but the heart was there. But the thing that was confusing people um, about Columbus, and this was the talk of the town, was they've obviously got three goalies right now. Mm. So they've got Corpusalo, uh, Kincaid, and Bobrovsky. Oh, yeah. And they are headed into a game with Pittsburgh Penguins. The last game, Bobrovsky played and got first star. And 
and they head into one of their biggest games yet and they put their star goalie, who ultimately has helped them get into the playoffs in previous years, they put him up in the media, um, you know, little tent or whatever yeah. you call it. he was a healthy and, scratch, wasn't he? And instead, they put Kincaid as backup, who, out of all three, has the best record against the Pittsburgh Penguins. And they put Yunus Corposalo in the net, who... This is his first year solid as a backup in the NHL. He's dipped up and down between AHL and NHL. And whilst I've really enjoyed watching Eunice Corposalo, I mean, I described him as like a breakdancer. I mean, (laughs) Matt Murray is also quite agile in the way that he moves. Bobrovsky is a bit more like a Freddie Anderson, that he's a bit more... Uh, I don't know, Transformer, I am the Michelin man, and they stay quite rock solid. Um, Whereas Eunice Corposalo, man, he was like, you know, dancing around on one hand. I mean, I've never, it it makes me nervous, those type of goalies. I'm like, just stay still, just just stay still and stay like a wall. Stop moving so much. Um, I still can't understand why they, they traded for Keith Kincaid. I still can't work out, unless it is purely just depth and they're trying to protect themselves in case they get two injuries to their goaltenders in the run-in. I just just don't know. The the, the thing is, how does this work in practice when you've got three goalies? Because there will always be one that has to sit on the side. And I imagine as a goalie, the mindset Mm. is you always want to be on the ice as much as possible. And particularly if you're going to be a backup as well, because you're already going to get limited amount of ice time. So I don't know how that would work in a practice. Do you think, I don't, this is a real, this is just a, a theory, just listening to you talking about the three of them there. Do you think that Sergei Bobrovsky, who, let's face it, has had a, a checkered year with the Columbus Blue Jackets where it's been up and down and he refused to play in a game and all of this kind of stuff and is, is widely expected to leave at the end of the season as an unrestricted free agent. Do you think some, in some ridiculous way he has said that he will not be a backup this year? Like, yeah, do you think maybe. he's just said, he said, uh, do you know what? I need, I need rest. And when I need rest, that doesn't mean being a backup. And has just said he doesn't want to do it. But if you're an athlete and you have a competitive nature and you know that one of the, the, the team, Pittsburgh, is, has been a thorn in Columbus's side for at least the last two seasons. It is the team which has constantly knocked them down, knocked them out of spaces, taken points on them again and again and again. So if you are a competitive athlete, wouldn't you want to take on that challenge? Well, you would think so, but then Sergi Bobrovsky has done things this season that wouldn't fit that profile. He's, he's made decisions, he's fallen out with people, he's done these different things that have not lent himself to get that benefit of the doubt. And may, I, you know, I, of course, I have absolutely no idea whether this is true. I'm just, I just cannot understand why they signed Keith Kincaid. I know they've got the cap room, I know that's not a problem for them. They've signed him for this one year, they've spent a million dollars on him for, for seemingly no reason and then when Bobrovsky goes out he doesn't back up Corposalo I just it doesn't make any sense at all other than the fact that he has said look when I'm when I want to rest I'm going to rest and by rest that means I'm not backing up I'm not going through the warm-up I'm not going to come in if we're down 4-0 or whatever it is I don't know it, it 
it doesn't make any sense to me, but that's yeah. the only explanation I can even think of in my head as mm. to why they might have brought in a goaltender like Keith Kincaid. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's weird, isn't it? Because um, this week I watched a lot of NHL on the fly. Oh, yeah. um, and... It's too on the fly for that show for me. It's too quick. <laughs> I don't mind because I, I feel the like sometimes... just like insanely fast. No, They're, like, I... They're just like, goal, 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 game over. Yeah, but it's it's the conversation that I like because I'll be making my tea and I'll just leave my laptop on the side and uh, okay. I'll stick it on YouTube and then it'll have, like there's two shows a day, isn't there? So I was watching that the other day and, and one of the guys was having a real rant and he was like, there is no way this team will win um, without Bob in the net. And I think they were referring more to get to the playoffs, get through the first rounds, that kind of thing. Like, they need to really just put all the chips onto the Bobrovsky, you know, square or whatever but he, it is. But he needs he he also needs to do it for himself. That's the really confusing thing about this. I mean, he's an unrestricted free agent this year, and he's reportedly wanting to be paid more than or the same as Carey Price. Like, if he wants to earn himself ten million, this guy hasn't won a playoff series in his career. Like, I know he's won kind of two Vesna trophies, so he's obviously very good. But at the same time, he's got zero performances in the postseason. And this year has done him no favours at all. So you would think out of all of those players, him and Panarin, who are looking for the way out after this season, most likely, they should be lighting it up. Because you would think every single goal that Panarin scores, every single puck that Bobrovsky keeps out of the net, is more money onto that contract in the off-season at whatever team they end up going to. Did mm. you know, by the way, just on a complete side point, did you know that they are now uh, being represented by the same agent? Who are? P- uh, Bobrovsky and Panarin. <laughs> so really? I, I can't remember which way around it is, so forgive me, but I think, I think it's Bobrovsky fired his agent or Panarin fired his agent and joined the other one, which instantly fueled speculation that they will actually move as a package next year wow they might you know there's there's a lot of talk about them moving to florida and trying to give them some kind of life into that kind of franchise that seems to be diving into obliteration for the moment um but yeah just fascinating but those two players you would think this is this for, for if even if they do not give a monkeys about columbus which i'm not saying they don't but even if they didn't they have got plenty to play for and i don't know i find it it i find it strange it's the most interesting thing i, I think that's gonna come around at a postseason i think that's gonna be up there of where are these two gonna go um, it is isn't it because remember when we were talking the other week about um oh the western conference you know that wild card race is wide open and the playoff race is wide open and it's funny how that has separated now and it's now flipped to being the Eastern Conference wildcard race is the one that is interesting again because, yeah, you know, because... because of teams like Pittsburgh going on incredible <laughs> runs. Carolina. That, Carolina. Well, that's it. On They're Saturday, seven, though. Two and one. The, the Saturday was interesting because as Columbus were heading into that game with Pittsburgh, both obviously going for the wildcard spot. Um, it was off the back of Carolina and Montreal both having lost. Mm. So I think what's been interesting in something like the West has been everyone's winning night after yeah. night after night. So like, 
a single loss means that you could be behind the pack, like you blink and two games have gone and you're out. And it is still close. I mean, you know, Dallas are on, they're in the first wildcard spot on 75. Minnesota on 74. How they're there, I have absolutely no idea. So, they're, so, they're a selling club. But <laughs> Minnesota, did you see last week they beat Tampa and Jason yeah. Zucker got a hat trick? I mean, and it was on the road. So, yeah. and then went on and lost to Florida, a team who are terrible. <laughs> like, this league doesn't make sense. It's just brilliant. I love it. There was a, a great example of um, Boston the other day. So Pittsburgh beat Boston last night, finally ending their uh, incredible run that they yeah. were on. Terrifying 18, run. Was it, what was it, 18 game point streak? And yeah, you see that the other day? Streak ends at 19. Boston and Florida, they, they got the goal like with 0.6 seconds left on the clock, Patrice Bergeron. Bergeron. And that's the crazy thing. Like, you look at how they've got those points, and at the end of the day, it doesn't matter because a win's a win, and you get your points however you want to. But but you look at some of these games, and they have had these incredible comebacks right at the death. And they nearly did it again against Pittsburgh. There was a chance. They looked like they might do it against Pittsburgh again, but then did finally lose at the weekend to Pittsburgh. But, But then this, you know, that's a Boston team who just then hammered Tampa Bay. (laughs) <laughs> like the team that no one can beat. It's just, it's, it's crazy. It's, it's so, it's one of the, my favorite things about the NHL is that you can have these matchups that just do not, you, you would bet money on and a lot of money on the result going one way or the other, but you can never really know. And then suddenly these teams like Carolina come out of nowhere. I mean, they were talking about selling their whole team at one point up yeah. to the trade deadline. And now look at them. They're in the first wildcard spot. And they're pushing Pittsburgh for a, a spot in the Metropolitan top three. Yeah, but Jolan, what you've got to remember is if you've just been threatened with being traded or sacked, you've got to pull your socks up and start performing, aren't you? Well, I don't know. It can go one or two ways, can't it? Because if, if a team like Carolina, who at one point was sending out, according to media reports, were sending out kind of saying, oh, yeah, we're, we're open to any offers and, and people people come and have a look what we've got that can either go one or two ways can't it you can either knuckle down and think you know what screw you like we'll prove to you that we are good enough and you should support us and keep us together and actually maybe add to the team or the other way around is you just go into a group of individuals and then you just play for yourself and then you kind of try and work your way to a a team that you want to go to you hear that is that my leafs timer yeah excellent see easy well done do you know what the just to uh, just to do a little bit of analysis on that 20 minutes of me not talking about the Leafs. Do you want to know the one time I nearly did it without even thinking? What? It was it was when you were talking about the goaltenders of Columbus and Corpusello, and you were talking about the way that he uh, like jumps around like a break dancer in net. <laughs> and I went, do you know what? I can tell you who else does that. Garrett Sparks. <laughs> and Freddie Anderson's the other one who is like a robot and he's just so methodical in small movements. And I, I so was so close to saying it. I, I said Freddie Anderson. So, you know. Yeah, I know you did. You broke it several times. You said <laughs> Freddie Anderson. You said somebody else as well. But there you go. 20 minutes, guys. Yeah. <laughs> but um... You're not going to want to listen to the next 20 minutes. All I'm going to do is talk about the least fourth line. <laughs> the, one, the one team I do just want to mention, so we yeah. had James on a few weeks ago, who is a Leafs fan, 
but also writes for Howling Wolf, Arizona Coyotes. And oh, yeah. I think a lot of people said they were so, have been so injury ridden. You know, the amount of injury money they had when you looked at their cap was ridiculous. But yeah. they, when their goalie, uh, Anthony Rantner, went injured, I think a lot of people just wrote them off. And mm. it sounds like Darcy Kemper has stepped up in to be their number one goalie. And they've been having a, a bit of a chance, really, at getting a stab at the wildcard spot. Um, I think when I looked the other day, they were a point uh, above Colorado Avalanches and they were under Minnesota Wild and Dallas. So credit due that they deserve a mention as well. Yeah, Darcy Kemper's got an incredible... Um... An incredible stat that he's something like the third. He's got the third highest save percentage of any goaltender over thirty games a season. Something wow. ridiculous like that. He's he's a real outlier. There's kind of like Andre Vasilevsky, and then uh, Freddie Anderson's up there, and Mark Andre Fleury's up there as well. And then like Darcy Kemper appears, and you're like, really? Yeah, Is but he? then the people like Jordan Binnington are up there as well, aren't they? And yeah, but not they. Not many of them have played as many games as he had, yeah. mainly because of the fact that you know they've had so many injuries. So the other interesting stat that I thought worth mentioning just before we completely close the door on Columbus, they have the fewest. Uh, they have let in the fewest power play goals in the league. Twenty-eight. Columbus have. Yeah, their penalty kill, their special teams are amazing. I mean, the goal that they got with Cam Atkinson the other day, sniping past Phil Kessel, falling over himself, that was yeah. a shorthanded goal. So I thought that that's kind of, that's a good stat to have, isn't it? When you're kind of yeah. heading into these kind of things. Yeah, um, it is very good. Uh, it, just to follow that up on, by the way, sorry, Darcy Kemper has played 42 games this season and has got a 9.20 save percentage which is pretty impressive. Yeah. So only Frederick Anderson and Andre Vasilevsky have played more than him. I'm just trying to look at a 40. So it's out of 40, actually. Sorry. So Freddie Anderson's played 50 games and his save percentage is 9.24. Vasilevsky's played 43 games and his save percentage is 9 uh, 9-3-1 and then yeah then it is Darcy Kemper with the next one on 42 games with a 0. 0.920 save percentage which is amazing really for a guy who's playing on a team that is so injury prone the uh, 50 games as well for Freddie Anderson yeah terrifying isn't it you could and the fact that he was out and Garrett Sparks yeah. has had a decent play in. You compare that to how many games are played in other leagues around the world. You go over like France, Italy, they're nowhere near. They're, they're probably about 60 games the whole season. Although, do you um, know who's played the most amount of games this season in, in goal in the NHL? Who? Marc-Andre Fleury. Oh, how so many? He's, he's played 58. Um, then Devin Dubnik. Uh, Minnesota Wild has played 57. Carey Price, unbelievably, has played 54, which for a goaltender with his injury record is quite something. Mm. Uh, Markstrom in Vancouver's on 52. Martin Jones in San Jose on 52 as well, with a 0.89 save percentage. Uh, Connor Hellebuck, 51. Sergei Bobrovsky, 51. John Gibson, 50. And Freddie Anderson, 50. 
But yeah. interesting, Mark Babcock said not long ago about how he was going to be um, playing Spark something like, or, or his aim was to get Freddie Anderson to something like 56 games in the regular season. And then that'll be it. And you're like, what? Why not? 56. That means he's only going to play six more games. We're going to be lucky to make it into the wildcard spot. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, things change, don't they? Yeah. yeah. But speaking of injuries, Eric Carlson came out and said, yeah, I'm not, I'm not in here now until the postseason. He's got this, he had already had a groin injury. Apparently it wasn't quite ready. It's come back. I'm probably such a child and so insensitive hearing male commentators discuss a man's groin injury, right. you know, the details of it. But, you know, I guess, is San Jose guaranteed a playoff spot? I've not looked over at yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. But yeah. it's what yeah, was, on, yeah. Yeah, they we were saying, though, actually. what does that do? He's, he's going to be a free agent at the moment. How does that impact what happens next, yeah, really? Does thing, it? it? It probably doesn't affect San Jose this year. Because, I mean, the only thing that San Jose are going for at the moment is they want to finish top in the Pacific. So they're trying to overturn Calgary who are only one point ahead of them now and have gone on a bit of a tough run themselves. Um, so, I mean, that that's a potential one that they could be trying to overturn. They're guaranteed playoffs because they're pretty much anyway, because they're nine points clear of Vegas in third. Um, and then, yeah, you'd have to go a good 15 points down before you get to the wildcard spot. So, yeah, there's no problem with them getting there. But as you say, for Eric Carlson, it's an interesting one because I don't, I can't, think he is anything other than a free agent isn't he because he just signed for the rest of the year um in san jose in the final year I'm just trying to find their um their cap friendly page but um where is he eric carlson yeah he's a ufa so it's it's, it's a really interesting one this because there's a couple of players who when they were deciding to go for these teams and avoid avoid the kind of the big payday. Matt Duchesne was another one. If you think he was offered 8 million over eight years, reportedly in Ottawa, he was one of those players who now has gone to Columbus. And if it doesn't work in Columbus, does he end up getting less than that? Eric Carlson, another one. He's gone to San Jose for this full year. He's had injury after injury. And he's, you know, he's looked good when he's looked healthy, but he spent most of the year not being healthy. If you think back again to the Ottawa Senators, this seems to be the recurring theme here, but the Ottawa Senators were, I'm sure, making offers to him that were quite substantial. And again, over eight years, would you sign 28-year-old injury-prone Eric Carlson to a $10 million eight-year contract? I wouldn't. I wouldn't want him. Mm. He's a world-class player and he's a brilliant... On his day, he's exactly the kind of person you'd want on the right-hand side of your defence. But am I willing to bet on him for the next eight years, which is probably what he's going to be looking for? Not a chance. I suppose it does depend whether Joe, how long Joe Thornton and Brent Burns are going to be around as well, though, doesn't it? Well, Joe Thornton, I mean, he's, he's in his final year. I mean, he's 39 now, and he's a UFA again um, this coming year. I mean, San Jose are really in a kind of win-now mode because if you look at the UFAs they've got, Joe Pavalski, their captain, he's a UFA in 2019. He's 34. 
you have got Evander Kane signed up long-term, Logan Couture signed up long-term. Uh, you've also got the likes of Brett Burns. He signed up long-term. Uh, Vaslik has signed up uh, long-term as well. So you have got players, uh, Martin Jones as well, another one who signed up um, on a very decent deal for a long time, if you can turn his season around a little bit. Um, so they've got players there, but the names they are going to be losing in the next few years are big. You know, the likes of Joe Thornton, Eric Carlson might not re-sign. Uh, Pavalski, will they be able to re-sign him? And then you start to think, well, is this a team that is likely to win beyond this year or maybe next year? Probably not. Mm. Interesting, isn't it? I mean, yeah. I've just I've just dug out from the floor here. I've got a load of notes and yeah. found our stupidly early prediction. No, no. Uh, that no, we did. don't do it. Don't do it. We, well, we wrote, we did this on the 10th of December. But, right, it, yeah. And I, what I've just looked at, actually, is in the Metropolitan Division, we did put in the first round Pittsburgh versus Columbus. Did we? Yeah. Hang on, hang on, so, hang on, hang on. So Pittsburgh versus Columbus, uh, that's unlikely to happen, but... Well, but... So, uh, what, so what were the highlights then? So the Metropolitan Division, who did we have? The Metropolitan was Washington versus New York Islanders. Right, so we, we, we whiffed on New York Islanders because we didn't expect them to be so high. Yeah. So we got Washington a bit right. Well, I mean, if, if I just kind of recap a few people here, um, like Buffalo, we put in. They were on a great really? run. That's disappeared, obviously. Um, wow. We that underestimated well the, the run that New York Islanders were going to go on. Um, Colorado, we put here as a second uh, space, which they've dropped right down more like a wild card now, aren't they? Um, in the Western Conference, yeah. Calgary and Vancouver. Yeah, because they were on an absolute tear in December, weren't they, Colorado? They, they were, were unbeatable. Calgary and Vancouver, we put to meet each other. Um, Calgary are just off the back of, what, five losses in a row, I think? Yeah, they did. No, they got a win at the weekend against Vegas. Okay. Um, but yeah, before that. But yeah, I mean, that, w- that would be close if Vancouver had held up their end of the bargain, but <laughs> they dropped out. It was annoying because I, I remembered that, that prediction that we made and we said uh, that Vancouver would sneak into the wildcard spots. And for a long time this season, I kind of thought it was actually going to happen. Um, but they have slipped away, even though they beat the Leafs the other night. <laughs> so it's, it's amazing what a difference three months can make um i find it yeah find we it had great. a we i remember i remember we had something in there about san jose losing in the first round didn't we we did against edmonton yeah oh man that that one's not aged well that is not good that is like leaving a cheap bottle of wine for a couple of years that is not tasting any <laughs> better the longer you leave it just thinking about um some individuals that are having great seasons oh, obviously I've got one. Yeah, go on. Go Tampa on. Have, are on a, a roll at the moment but Nikita Kucherov breaking records yeah. um, and uh, the other person I had was Liam Dreisaitl um, yeah. who's been on an absolute run as well yeah. those two kind of jumped out to me as um, people who kind of caught my attention and, and watched a couple of their highlights as well and enjoyed that Oh, I'm just trying to find the uh, stat, which absolutely blew my mind. Uh, okay, so you have got, so offensive leaders, uh, so don't look any stats pages at the moment, Claire. Okay. Um, a virtual rise from the screen. So you've got uh, 
Who would you say is leading the league in points right now? In points? Oh. Um, I'll, I'll give you a clue. It's come from a team that's just clinched their spot in the playoffs. <laughs> oh, right. So Tampa then. What we're saying, Nikita Kucherov. Correct. 110 points. Okay. Yeah. So he's leading the league in that. In goals, who is leading the league in goals? Zvechkin, isn't it? It is your favourite. Alex Ovechkin, 46 goals. I actually hate him more than Phil Castle. <laughs> Amazingly as well. Just a shout out to two players. Leon Dreisaitl is second in the league for goals with 41, which is just mind-blowing when you think of how terrible the Oilers have been this year. And Patrick I... Kane, Patrick Kane is third overall with 40 goals. On the Chicago Blackhawks, two players who could finish two and three in the scoring race, and they're both going to miss out on the playoffs. Unbelievable. That's bad, isn't it? Yeah. Can I just mention, so you were saying about not always enjoying on the fly. Oh, yeah. This is, talking about Leon Dreisaitl, right? Mm-hmm. This is genuinely what one of the commentators said, okay? Yeah. I wrote this down. <laughs> right. Thought, wow, this would never happen on hockey night in Canada. Um, he genuinely said, oh, I had some chicken in the canteen earlier. It was a little on the dry sidle. Unbelievable. That's why I watch Hockey Night in Canada. Um, <laughs> that's terrible. Um, and my favourite one, so that all of this is leading up to, who is the highest, who has got the highest plus minus in the league? Oh, you know what plus minus is, by the way. Yeah, I do. Yeah, um, anyway, it's a weird I, stat. And one uh, that only half people believe in. But I know... I, I heard this the other day. I can't think who it is, though. I can't think. The, the league leader in plus minus in the NHL. It's probably on March Jake Gardner. The 11th, <laughs> it's not Jake Gardner. Um, on March the 11th, 2019, is Ronald Hainsey. Really? Ron wow. Hainsey is plus 36. Wow. Plus 36. Six, which is unreal. But if there's one thing that Toronto does well when it when it works, they score goals. Yeah, but they also let him in. Yeah, and yeah. amazingly, he is plus thirty six. The second plus minus in the whole of the NHL is Morgan Riley. And so actually, Leaf fans, Leaf fans who tear their hair out at Mike Babcock for leaving Morgan Riley and Ron Hainsey on the top line together. Mm. Why wouldn't he? Yeah. They're plus 36 and plus 31, and Morgan Riley's having a, a kind of a trophy-winning year as a defenceman. He's a Norris candidate, potentially. Amazing. Well, I, I think I remember reading somewhere that William Nylander's plus-minus was all right as well, because when people were like desperately trying to dig out stats <laughs> for him to like, kind of justify um, yeah. you know, the contract's going ahead and it wasn't a waste of time, I'm sure that at one point his plus-minus was pretty good. Um, He's really. I do you know what I I I don't take anything about um, William Nylander now. He looks great. Like he's a great player. He's obviously had a real tough year because of the contract negotiations and things like that. But he is a brilliant player, and uh, you definitely want him on your team as opposed to not. Do you know what I also learned this week? So the um, you could recap for me because I have not watched a single 
Toronto Maple Leafs game. I have not listened to any podcasts to do with the Leafs. I have not watched any okay. highlights. I have not watched Hockey Night in Canada. I've only watched American coverage for Columbus. I've completely yeah. taken a break. The only one thing that I did watch mm-hmm. was the Leaf on Leaf um, terrible show that they do on YouTube on Toronto Maple Leafs channel, um, of which I was laughing because I, I love how hockey players always wear flip-flops and socks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, there, there was one that made me laugh about Marlowe's dad duties and yeah. the fact that in, in the second period intermission, he always has to go into the ice bucket. But yeah. the thing that shocked me most was I didn't realize that it was Garrett Sparks who gave uh, Gocha his nickname, Goat. And um, uh, Goat yeah. was trying to say, but what does it stand for? And he came out with this line, greatest of all time. Which yeah. Which they always talk about in North American sports. They they talk about the GOAT, like Tom Brady's the GOAT in the NFL, the greatest of all time, Michael Jordan in the NBA, or LeBron Mm. James. And yeah, I love the fact that uh, the least fourth line centre in Freddie Gauthier is nicknamed the GOAT, even to the point where Mike Babcock calls him that. I did not, I didn't know that. And actually, Tom Brady... um, he did a he did a podcast that I listened to earlier today with Oprah Winfrey in Oprah Winfrey's back garden, um, talking about a book that he's written about what it is to kind of have sustained peak performance, um, an insight into the journey he took, and he was drafted I think 199. Um, oh yeah. And the report that the scout put, she read it out, and it was like the shockingest, worst report ever. Skinny. Yeah. He's a system player. He's average. He's not very good at throwing. <laughs> I mean, it was like <laughs> terrible. It's worth a listen anyway. Um, so Leafs, right? What's what's happened? Because uh, to be honest, Jordan, I was getting bored of watching the Leafs. Yeah, it's been a little bit difficult. That's I mean, a the good whole thing. Format, but... Yeah, the whole playoff format's ridiculous. And the problem is, as a Leafs fan, you're going to get no sympathy at all because it's just going to be any answer back will be, oh, yeah, just because it doesn't suit your team. But it is ridiculous that currently four of the top, sorry, three of the top four teams in the National Hockey League are in the Atlantic division right now. You've got Tampa, you've got Boston, you've got Toronto. So when you look at that and you realise how set in the, the, the playoffs already are, in the Atlantic division anyway. And I mean, the Leafs know they're going to be playing Boston almost certainly. And they probably aren't going to get home ice advantage. So that probably goes to Boston as well. So at this point, even in this time of the season, there's not really that much to play for other than obviously you'll want to win games and you don't want to drop off and go into the season, into the postseason without that confidence. So it's a bit of an odd time of the year and it wouldn't it be great if the player format changed so there was more potential for movement and you'd constantly be playing for, you know, playing different teams and all that. But anyway, park that. The Leafs went on their West uh, Canadian road trip. Uh, they went to Calgary, a game that I watched and it was a brilliant game, actually. Both teams were at it. Uh, Calgary looked good. Freddie stood on his head. Um, and uh, saved the Leafs, and I, I can't remember what the score was now, even. But the, it was a, it, it looked far more one-sided uh, than it actually was. Freddie Anderson played a huge part in that game. Uh, I'm just looking back now, and it was six-two, yeah, six-two to Toronto, which you know, is very 
um, favourable result for them. But it was a good game, two good teams, and made me think it would be great one day to have a Stanley <laughs> Cup final again with these two teams. What, uh, one thing, what can on. I just check with that? Is there, I did read very briefly, I saw in our NHL fans or of our Slack group, someone had posted something uh, that in Calgary there was a moment of silence for Ted Lindsay. Um, oh, and something happened? Okay. Yeah, no, this was in Vancouver. So then the Leafs go on to play Vancouver a couple of days later. And of course, that's the game they lose because against the worst team in the run of Western Canadian teams, that's the one they choose to lose. Uh, they lost in overtime. Um, I actually didn't watch that game, thankfully. Um, I just watched the extended highlights, uh, but it didn't look good. And uh, the Leafs gave up. The, the most interesting thing about that game was the Leafs were leading two goals to nil going into the third period. And the Leafs were 31-0. and 32-0? I think 32-0 and 0, uh, when they had a third-period lead. So they were unbeaten going into the third period, which is an unbelievable stat wow. for the team that were famous for giving up third-period leads only mm-hmm. last year. Um, so incredible stat that the Canucks somehow, of all the teams, managed to beat. Um, and they came back and won it in overtime 3-2. Josh Levo, of course, scoring against the Toronto Maple Leafs because he had to. Um, yeah, there was some there was some stupidity uh, amongst fans on both sides by the sound of it. Uh, yeah, during a, a moment's silence for Ted Lindsay, um, there were shouts of um, Leafs suck um, and there was another uh, one from the other side. So both both groups of fans were to blame on that one. Just a few people who probably had a few too many drinks. Um, and then, yeah, then they rolled on to Edmonton at, on Saturday night, hockey night in Canada game. Uh, again, the Leafs looked dominant. 3-0 game. 3-0 uh, up going into the final period. 3-0 up going into the final few minutes. And then they went on an incredible kind of meltdown where Edmonton pulled their goalie and just scored on every play. And got it back to 3-2 with 52 seconds to go. And then had a grade A chance right at the end that Freddie Anderson somehow managed to save uh, to keep the Leafs in it. So that was 3-2. So that was their Western uh, Canadian trip. And now they face off against Tampa Bay, which should be interesting tonight. God. There you go. Roller coaster, eh? Yeah. Well, I'm just waiting for the playoffs for the Leafs, I think. I might, I don't know, just, uh, maybe I'll switch to a different team this week. <laughs> Who should I, think I, I, might, I think I might stick with them, you know, what with going out to see them at all. But, that, um... That's true, that's true, yeah. <laughs> um, did you... Next week, by the way, I've only got about uh, one more, uh, about 10 days to go until uh, off to Toronto, which will be a lot of fun. Going to see the Marlies game as well, which will be uh, great to see some of the Leafs prospects. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome because we're going to we're going to chat with you whilst you're out in Toronto, aren't we? That's where we're going to do one of the podcasts. So yeah, yeah. Hopefully, it'll be good. So um, I did actually spot a man crush um, that I wanted to mention. Was there anyone that you wanted to mention, or should I explain mine? Well, I don't mind. I can I can go, or you can. Go go on, you go for it. All right. So my man crush of the week goes to Team uh, Well. GB prospect Liam Kirk, who was the first star uh, of the week in the Ontario Hockey League after his hat trick for the Peterborough Peets. Not only, not only did he get a hat trick, but he then also 
with that win, secured the Peterborough Peets place, easy for me to say, in the playoffs. There you go. That's like a proper Peter Piper pick to pick a better. <laughs> um, and he secured their position in the playoffs, which is great news for him. I tweeted about this earlier saying that I do not have enough hours in the day to support another sports team. However, if I was going to pick another one, the next on my list would be the Peterborough Peets of the Ontario Hockey League because not only do they have all of our hopes and dreams in Liam Kirk as a prospect for the Arizona Coyotes, they also have SDA, which is an incredible... He's an incredible prospect signed to the Leafs, who's also playing on the, in the Ontario Hockey League. I say he's SDA because his name is unbelievably unpronounceable. unpronounceable. Um, and uh, yes, yeah, so that would be my team if I was able to lend them any more time. But my, yeah, my, my man Chris week definitely goes to Liam Kirk, who after a slow start in the Ontario Hockey League, has really heated it up. And if you want to follow Liam and you want to keep across how he's getting on, uh, Mark, who came on this podcast, who's a, a big Leafs fan, but also um, goes loads of in-depth stuff on the Marlies, he has also been following Liam Kirk and has pretty much tweeted about every achievement that Liam Kirk has made this season under the hashtag KirkWatch. Um, so follow Mark on Twitter. And uh, you can uh, find out more about Liam's incredible story that is going to take him to the playoffs in the Ontario Hockey League. And who knows whether he will then make an appearance for Team GB in Slovakia in mm. May. Um, because potentially, potentially, he might uh, be freed up. Or who knows? The Coyotes could call him up. We don't know. But I, it would be just such a great story if that kid made the NHL next year. Yeah. I think you genuinely do have a proper man crush on him, don't you? We spent uh, we spent time, you know, eyesight Claire. You know, he was, uh, you know, he was all in his kit and everything like that. I was there <laughs> with the microphone and uh, gazing into his eyes. Did you touch his gloves? <laughs> yeah, I gave a little fist bump. <laughs> <laughs> no, but he did uh, one of I can't remember whether it was him or one of his uh, his his pals who were, he was training with that day did give me the fright of my life when I was standing next to the glass behind the goal trying to take some pictures and uh, a puck missed the net and went straight at me. Bear in mind, I was behind the glass, but it did not stop me from borderline screaming um, and certainly dodging well out of the way of this thing and uh, gave me a whole new respect for goaltenders. No, you, you're such a TV ice hockey fan. Anybody who goes to a rink reg regularly knows yeah. this. I went to watch a hockey game in Altrigham the other week um, yeah. for another derby of uh, Witness and Altrigham. And yeah. there were these girls watching and they all had like pints of cider and they put them on the side where like... Uh, the plexiglass oh, no, is, of no, no, no. and of course, like a couple of the guys checked each other against the plexi, and there were five pints. I watched them <laughs> one by one fall off, and they just couldn't understand what had happened. It was just uh, like, oh, get your priorities right. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> I, uh, I've, I've seen both sides from TV hockey fan. Hey, I played, I played a game of hockey once. I gave it a go. What I, in your dream? It was, it was non-contact. And uh, no, I, I went to a, an open training session at uh, the Manchester um, rink for a, like a beginner's. Yeah, that's the one. Thank you. Um, the Altrigham rink. And uh, yeah, I went for a little uh, skate and a little. Uh, yeah, Did you not get called up? 
<laughs> no, 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 no. It's, I did, I did like, not get called at up. At the end, they picked the team and you were the last yeah. one stood standing, right? Yeah, thankfully we did not play a game. Otherwise, I'm sure that would have happened. Um, yeah, I was pleased to say that I was definitely not the worst skater there because I've been skating since I was a kid. So I'm kind of, I'm an okay skater. But everything else was awful. Like I just, I just skate past the puck. Like I'd try and play it, but I'd just skate past it and then forget that I had to put my stick on the ice or, you know, stupid things like that. Or I'd attempt a slap shot and you can imagine what happens then, you know, nothing. Um, and you just kind of take a chunk out of the ice. But, um, but yeah, it's one of my New Year's resolutions that I still haven't got around to yet in March is to play a bit more hockey. Yeah, you've got to go join a rec team. That's what they call them. Rec teams. Yeah. Uh, Blackburn does some as well as Altrincham. Um, and so does Widnes. So that's your area. You want to go pick <laughs> one of those. Yeah. 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 I, the, but then it does come back to when I watch the NHL, which I know is by no means a way of judging what your rec league would be like. However, I do value my front two teeth and uh, really don't fancy did you see Travis Dermott go off injured the other day I didn't did you watch that game I can't even remember what game it was now maybe it was Calgary but no. oh man he had his it looked like he had his shoulder separated Ooh. and the pain on that guy's face was like nothing I've ever seen it just horrific and something from not even a play that looked <clears throat> even that dangerous and uh, that's when you realise that hockey is actually a terrifying sport. <laughs> Things happen quickly, yep, in the blink of yeah. an eye. Anyway, what's your, uh, what's your man crush? Um, a couple of things to just mention to you. Um, I did enjoy Matt Zuccarello's comments. Um, did you see Henry Lundqvist's uh, emotional, I'm going to miss him, uh, you know, when he got traded? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then yeah. Matt Zuccarello was kind of coming back to the press saying he's a good actor. Yeah. And uh, another, I can't remember who the other teammate he was saying, oh Men yeah, he misses me like shit. I was his boyfriend. He FaceTimes me every morning. That made me chuckle. The other thing that I learned this week, uh, which I don't know very much about him, and I'm sure somebody will email in um, or messages about, but there was a Japanese goalie apparently many years ago called Fuki Fuji, which yeah. beats Kapu Kaku, doesn't it? <laughs> Fuki Fuji. So I'm going to go and find out more about Fuki Fuji. I just like saying it. Um, but my man crush of the week, and maybe this happens all the time, but because I don't watch Columbus on a regular basis. I, I didn't know. And so I was watching Saturday's game and uh, we know about the cannon every time they get a goal. The cannon, the camera cuts to this cam cannon and you see it fire. Well, on the third goal by Columbus, um, I took a video of this and I put it into our Slack group. They're, they're, they're showing like the celebrations on the ice. They do the replay and then they show the cannon. And at the same time the cannon goes off, there's a fan who's within the camera distance who basically jump, falls on the floor the moment the cannon goes off. So it looks like the cannon shot him. That is my man crush of the week because the timing was so good. Like, how did they get the timing so right? <laughs> just, I had to watch it like three times just to be like, that is brilliant. I love oh, yeah. it. So, That's not cool. hockey related, but like, if you were that fan, 
then high five because mm. that was impressive. That was your moment of fame. What you should, uh, if you're listening to this and uh, you're a fellow fan of the NHL, which if you're not, then you probably won't be listening to this. But um, <laughs> if you fancy coming on, having uh, kind of carrying on the conversations that we've had in this and with all of the kind of fans that we've had on over the, the series so far, then why not join our Slack group? It's kind of like a, a social media platform, um, which is kind of kind of just like a closed closed group but it's open to anyone who wants to be a part of it so just drop us an email um nhlfansfromafar at gmail.com uh, drop us an email just saying you want to be involved with it and it's just a, a fun place to kind of uh chuck out interesting kind of facts but also just kind of there's a little bit of in-game banter going on at the moment which i'm quite enjoying and and when i'm not trying to avoid the score I, it's great following it um, and the guys on there. It's something that me and Claire almost now hardly ever posted because there's so much other stuff going on in there. Um, we just kind of cherry pick some of the stuff and mention it in the podcast. But it's a really nice little community that's building <clears throat> up and uh, we hope to just kind of keep building that as the year goes on and as the season draws to a close. And yeah, as we get into playoff time. Yeah, just to connect with other crazy people that love watching this hockey game on their own in the middle of the night. And, and we're kind of just <laughs> thinking um, what we're going to do during playoffs, um, how we're going to cover it. So uh, please do get in contact if you've got some ideas of how, how you think we should do it. Um, that would be most helpful. Uh, next week, we're talking Canucks, aren't we? Well, hopefully... Hopefully, we have to uh, we have to compare diaries, but uh, all being well, we will aim to uh, we'll aim to do that. Yeah, we're going to uh, try and get a couple more teams on before the playoffs start. It would be nice to tick off a few more teams that we haven't featured yet on the podcast. Off the top of my head, I'm trying to think of. We've not had a Florida fan. We've not had a Canucks fan yet. L.A. Um, Chicago. Yeah, you've been quiet. I mean, have we not had a Chicago? No. Oh, no. Chicago. No, so we we're in the process of finding more people. There are some people, but it's just it's you know what we've all got lives. Hence how we haven't got a fan <laughs> this week because sometimes life gets in the way of being a fan. That sucks, doesn't it? I know. But yeah. anyway, but anyway, we'll, uh, we'll watch another week of hopefully some more exciting oh. hockey, and I'll maybe think of another who, team that I can. Yeah, support. I was going to say. So, who are you going to be supporting this week? I mean, apart from the Leafs tonight against Tampa, because that's a big game. But I'm just, I'm just going to look at the standings now whilst you roll the closing music or whatever. I was thinking someone like Minnesota or Dallas. I don't know. Carolina would Dallas. be interesting. But... We've got enough Dallas fans on that Slack group. We don't need more of them. Arizona. Carolina, yeah, you can do your uh, thunderclap or whatever it is it's called. At the end yeah. of the game. <laughs> Either way, well, listen next week and you'll find out. Make sure uh, you hit subscribe uh, and please uh, rate and review us if you can. If you listen to Apple Podcasts, that does help us spread the word. Um, but enjoy being a hockey fan at this time of year. And if you haven't got a team in the playoffs, then tell us who's your team, who is the next in line that you want to champion. Yes. Myself and Claire will be back next week for another episode of NHL Fans from Afar. Thank you very much for listening. Hit subscribe, hit download, do whatever you can, leave us a review. See you next week. <laughs>